Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Hey neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Kia Thomas, author of Mac Kung Fu 2nd Edition, with lots of tips and tricks for Mac users. We'll also get some really terrific tips and ideas from Bob Dr. Maclevitis. We'll also hear from Dan Frakes of Macworld Magazine. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> We're joined today by Kia Thomas. He's a longtime journalist and book author. In fact, his new book is called Mac Kung Fu. And we have to That's see true. what he did. Yes, Kia, and we have to think what you did to earn your black belt. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Gosh. Well, it kind of starts from about 1996 when I started my career in computer journalism. And back then, everything, as I'm sure you remember, pretty much everything was Windows. I mean, Mac was around. Linux was around, too, actually, at that point. But, you know, both of them were, relatively speaking, fairly primitive. So my career as a mainstream computer journalist was had to be Windows. I had no choice about it. Then about 2000, Linux started to become a more serious proposition. You know, we forget this now, but things started kind of building up about 2000, really, after, ironically, I think, the whole dot-com boom thing finished. You know, when that all went down the pan, basically, Linux picked up at that point, and I started editing a magazine called Linux User and Developer at that time. About 2004, I wrote my first book, which was Beginning SUSE Linux, because, again, at that point, SUSE Linux was considered to be one of, you know, the bigger cutting-edge distributions this is all before Ubuntu came along. But about 2005, I spotted Ubuntu on the horizon. I wrote the first book, the first English-language book, to cover Ubuntu, which was beginning Ubuntu Linux, uh, which has now reached its sixth edition, I think, or seventh edition. It's been going on for quite a long while. But in 2005, as it happens, I bought my first Mac. Now, I came to the Mac revolution perhaps a little bit late, but it was really OS 10, 10.4. Prior to that, really, OS X was just, you know, it wasn't really a serious contender, but with OS 10.4, which was kind of the first major proper release, I bought a Mac and haven't really looked back, to be honest with you. I've done a few more Linux books since then, because that was my job, but luckily, about two years ago, I managed to write my first Mac book, which was Mac Kung Fu, the first edition. Recently, we published Mac Kung Fu, the second edition, which contains a hundred more tips. Actually, probably many more tips when you, you count them up completely, but we say a hundred more because the first one contains 300 and the second contains 400. And all being well, later this year, I'm going to be writing iPhone and iPad Kung Fu too. So I'm going to be extending the Kung Fu approach to um, Apple devices, other Apple devices too. Now, just for people who don't understand about Linux and all the various distributions, maybe you can explain very briefly what this is all about. You know, you have Linux, and you have Ubuntu, and you have Red Hat, and you have CentOS, which is what we use on our web servers, as a matter of fact. What does this mean? Because to someone who is not familiar with that world, this is not just Greek. It's not Klingon. They don't know what it is. Well, when you consider things like Windows or consider um, Apple Mac OS X, they're made by one organization. Microsoft makes Windows, obviously. We know this. Apple make Mac OS X. And you can buy software for them to add it in. You know, you can buy Office Suites. You can buy all kinds of software, or you can download it from the internet for free. When it comes to Linux, everything in it comes from 
lots of different sources. So the Linux kernel itself comes from various contributors, but it's all managed by Linus Torvalds, who's quite a famous guy. The various underlying bits, the sort of bits we don't see which make everything work, come from the GNU project. And then the desktop, for example, might come from the GNOME project. Um, and all these projects are tied together by the fact that they're open source and free software, which means it can be shared. You can share the software with whoever you want to do, share it with. There's no limitation apart from the fact that any changes you make must be passed on to other people as well. So if you took, for example, GNOME and you added a new bit to it, then you must also share it with other people. GNOME is like a shell, a desktop interface. And one of the cool things, because you've got so many projects out there, you can have more than one desktop environment. You can have you know, there's GNOME, which is a desktop. You can have KDE, which is an, another desktop. There's all kinds. There's one called XFCE. There's, there's all kinds of ones out there. So what people do, they just dip into this whole kind of vat of software and pull out the bits they want. Usually, nearly always, that includes a Linux kernel, this sort of central file, which makes everything work because that's where it's called Linux. But everything else you can choose from, and they do which is why you can get things that there's such, such a lot of variation. But that's why there are so many distributions out there. It's just a, someone's personal selection of what they think is useful. But doesn't that hurt the marketing of the product per se? Because if there's so many different versions, you can't get just one thing that this is Linux and I'll run Linux instead of well, having a thousand different versions of it. You kind of have that with Ubuntu, don't you? Because Ubuntu became, from about 2005 onwards, became pretty much the predominant version of Linux. In fact, it became almost anonymous. People would say, you know, Linux, and they would mean Ubuntu, especially for desktop users. Yes, they do. But of course, when we're looking, though, at things like servers, like yeah. if you want to go put up a website, there are different yeah. distributions, like one of our partners, DreamHost, uses Debian. Another partner, iWeb, uses CentOS. That's an operating system. Most of it, of course, is just text space. It doesn't have a desktop interface. It's pretty much just something that you have to know your command line to work with it. Yeah, that's one, that's one side of Linux. It's, it's all commands. And things like when you do find it on the server, like you say with CentOS, with Red Hat, with SUSE that I mentioned earlier, these are all server-side distributions. So, yes, it's, it's pretty much all commands and knowing things like that. And, of course, people learn these things in college. You know, you learn, you usually on a good computer science course, you're going to get a good backgrounding in Unix commands. But saying that, although it does sound kind of arcane and difficult, it's not because I learned all this stuff. And trust me, I'm not that kind of person that, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a computer journalist. I'm not a computer expert or genius, you know, and I learned all this stuff. So it's not that hard to do, to be honest with you. But yes, you find it on the servers and you find it on the desktop in terms of things like Ubuntu or Mint Linux, which nowadays is very popular. And of course, you also find it everywhere else. Android phones. Our at home here, we've got two kind of set-top boxes, one of which plays back USB memory sticks, you know, files on, US on memory sticks. That runs Linux. Our satellite receiver runs Linux. And, of course, you wouldn't know all of this because this is embedded Linux. This is a third type of Linux, a kind of, you know, they take the Linux kernel, a few of the Linux components, and then build an entirely proprietary front-end to it, you know, menu system and that kind of thing. So Linux basically is everywhere. It's even in cars nowadays. It's everywhere. So, therefore, if you're playing, say, with a navigation system on your car, and I'm not yeah. thinking, of course, of Ford because they use a Microsoft-based system, but a lot of the things that are going on, it's all based on Linux. Pretty much. There's a very, very strong chance that the, especially ones built into cars, are based on Linux because if you're going to build a car navigation system from scratch, what are you going to do? I mean, you can, you can pay for it. You can go and buy it from, like, say, buy it from Microsoft. 
or something like that, or you can take something that's free of charge. Well, of and course, what Ford has learned buying that system from Microsoft is that it's a mess. The biggest problem Ford has with their cars nowadays, I don't know how it works in Europe, but I know in America, the biggest problem Ford has is not great designs, not cars that ride and handle wonderfully. It's this My Touch thing, which is based on Microsoft code. It is a disaster. There's entire warships out there running Windows, running Windows NT. Yeah, but, you know, Windows NT was a pretty stable operating system. We can't say the same about Windows 8. Before we get into the Mac tips, I'm going to want to ask you about something I read, which may interest you as someone who's a former Windows user. There's an article from Walt Mossberg of All Things D. Now, Walt Mossberg, we regard as the dean of tech journalists. And he just came out with this article where he took a 2008 Lenovo notebook and a 2009 HP desktop. He threw caution to the wind and said, okay, I'm going to upgrade this to Windows 8. Now, as you know, with Windows upgrades, there is an upgrade assistant that Microsoft provides. And the purpose of it is basically to determine whether your PC can run the new operating system. Okay. So what does Walt do? He's an experienced tech journalist, world famous. He just installs Windows 8, doesn't bother with the upgrade assistant, and he runs into a weekend of nightmares. Nothing works properly. And finally, he goes to the websites from Lenovo and HP and finds out this hardware is not supported for Windows 8. I'll get into more of that, and then we'll get into some tips and tricks from Mountain Lion, from Kia Thomas, joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. You know, for many of us, so much of our jobs are tied to our office computers. We have networks, special programs, important files. You feel chained to your office just to be productive. Well, here's some good news. There is a better way. It's one I've used myself. It's called Go to My PC. It's a secure remote access tool from Citrix that turns any computer, tablet, or smartphone into your office computer. How about that? With Go to My PC, you can access your entire network, use any program, save, edit, send any file from anywhere. Don't even need to worry about those flash drives. My listeners, by the way, can try Go to My PC free for just 30 days. Visit GoToMyPC.com. Visit GoToMyPC.com. Click the Try It Free button. Enter the promo code podcast. Then download the free app to your mobile device. That's GoToMyPC.com. The promo code is podcast. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. (laughs) 
Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy, and we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful natural and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. FTA Thomas joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live. His new book is called Mac Kung Fu, second edition from the Pragmatic Bookshelf. It's like 400 tips and tricks from out line. We'll get to a couple of them in a moment. So I'm telling you about Walt Mossberg's experience. Now, had he run the upgrade assistant from Microsoft, they would have said, don't do this. Now, well, at least with the Mac, you know, if you want to run Mountain Lion, the installer is going to stop in its tracks if you're trying to install Mountain Lion on unsupported hardware. Yes. With Windows 8, it just installs it. How did it happen? How did Microsoft drop the ball? It's astonishing, isn't it? This shouldn't even be possible with a company of that size and that much experience as well. It's not as if this company is being run by somebody who, you know, started working there last week. Well, this maybe that's of- Steve Ballmer's problem. He's lost in a time bubble from the first week he started at Microsoft. I remember talking to people back in the old days of Linux about um, what would happen to Microsoft. You know, would they go bust? Would Linux replace it? Most people, of course, were very optimistic and said, yes, Linux will replace it. Linux will get rid of Windows. But the more sort of reasonable, sensible people said, well, Microsoft won't go anywhere. It's too big. It's too rich to go anywhere. But it will become irrelevant. And that's the fantastic way of looking at it. Microsoft slipping into irrelevance. 
You know, the only thing left really you can say nowadays about Microsoft, which is half decent, half good, is the smaller server software. Office is still pretty good. It's a good product, although even nowadays that's becoming, you know, they're adding new features to it and there's no need to add new features to it. But yeah, Microsoft's slipping away. Something's gone wrong and they're not fighting back the way they should be fighting back. Well, I think the first thing you do to fight it is why offer an upgrade assistant as a separate app? Offer an installer that the first thing it does is runs the upgrade assistant automatically and says you can't do it. Stops the installation right then. Says either do this, add these drivers, hardware, whatever, change a graphic card if you can do it, or you can't run it. Yeah. If Microsoft is spending billions of dollars to build a new operating system, hundreds of millions of dollars to run these noisy commercials for Windows 8 and the Surface tablet, why do they have enough money to build an intelligent installer? That's where it goes. At least Apple has an intelligent installer. Let's go to Mac Kung Fu. Now, in building these tips, did your readers suggest them to you? Did you research them? Did you sit there in your laboratory and develop them? How do you get these tips? Oh, it's just painful. You, basically, I do all the hard work so you don't have to. I literally sit down. I've got tons of methodologies of ways of doing it. You know, there's, there's some very simple methodologies. For example, just holding down the Alt button, the Option key on the keyboard and pressing things and seeing what happens. And you'll be surprised that a lot of the time things will happen. Like, for example, if you resize the dock by clicking and dragging it, you know, the little kind of bar at the right of it and hold down option then what happens then is that it kind of snaps to preset sizes and that for me that there's a tip right there that's the fascinating thing which actually didn't make it into the book i only spotted that recently but if you click for example the the wi-fi thing at the top of the screen the icon at the top of the screen then you were shown the signal strength the, the signal for your wi-fi base station you know just that, that's one methodology is just holding down alt or option and seeing what happens and then there were all kinds of things going on from there, more difficult things. I, I examined the code. I use something called GCC, which is a kind of old Unix Linux tool to um, look for what are called preference keys. Because Apple do a really strange thing whereby they will release software with hidden features in it. So, for example, you know, for example the, the dock, when you minimize apps to the dock, you can use two types of minimization uh, visual effects. There's Genie and Scale. Um, but as it turns out, there's actually a third one hidden away in the code, which has been there since the early days. This is an old tip, this one. This has been there since like OS 10.1, you know, back in 2002. And it's still there now. And you can select it by using this default rights command to activate it. But it's hidden. And why is it hidden? Well, nobody knows. This is just the way Apple works. But there's all kinds of hidden, experimental, interesting features hidden away in the code, which I try and find using um, this kind of method I have. And that's just like, you know, digging away. But I do all this work so that you don't have to, and it's all there in the book waiting for you. You know, it's very so interesting about the way Mac OS X is designed. It's not just having hidden capabilities that aren't well documented. Of course, they let people like Kia Thomas write books with yeah. all the tips and tricks. It's not just that. It is the fact that there are lots of hidden features in OS X that you have to harness from the terminal to turn on and off certain preferences. You have third-party utilities like Tinkertool that access all this hidden stuff. It's like as if Apple said, okay, let's make 70% of the features front and center. Most people will stay out of trouble. But if they really want to explore, they'll hold down the option key and they'll hold down the option shift and they'll go into Tinkertool or look at the terminal 
and they'll do other things. But you kind of wonder, why not just put a graphical interface on some of this stuff? Because they want to, my, my theory is because they want to keep things simple. The reason there's only two, I just mentioned then, minimization, animation, um, visual effects, is because I think genuinely somebody at Apple thought that three would be confusing too much. So just give them two. And if they want to find this third one, they can by, you know, like you say, going down to a terminal, which I should point out, by the way, isn't hard. It sounds like it's hard work, but it's not. It's just one command. You just type, and it works. And Apple being Apple, even if you make a mistake. Well, I think Apple try and keep things as simple as possible. So you only see two of them. You only see the genie in scale effect. You don't see this third hidden one, because I genuinely think somebody at Apple thought that Offering three choices there would be too much. It would confuse the, confuse the user. This isn't Windows. This isn't Linux. Definitely not Linux. You know, so you keep things nice and simple. And that's the whole Mac OS approach. What it does mean, though, is that somebody at Apple works extremely hard to add a new feature to the OS. And it's hidden away. Some of these features are really useful and must have taken somebody days to produce. And yet... Nobody finds them until someone like me comes along, has a good look and says, oh, that's quite cool. Well, you know, it's interesting here. You wonder if there isn't a meeting where they decide which features that we have in the OS are we going to put a face on and then which features we're going to leave buried. A lot has been said about design and, you know, aesthetic and their whole functionality approach. I don't know what the magic is. There's definitely a magic there, though. There is a, a logic to all of this. There's a coherency there to the choice of features that we do see and that we don't see. And yes, it does all add up and everything you do need is there. So somebody, I think it's just, I think it's very clever people. I just put it down to somebody who's cleverer than me, again, doing all the hard work for me, thinking what I want to do, thinking how I'm going to do it, thinking about how to make it easy for me to do that. And that's the genius of Apple. And I genuinely believe this. There's a genius involved there, which companies like Microsoft have never been able to get near to. Microsoft can reproduce the features and Linux can reproduce the features, but it's never done quite the same way as easily as intelligently as creatively as apple manages to do it and of course apple also gets criticized for the features they don't have they said well for example we have these ads for the samsung smartphones using nfc near field communications where you can just tap two phones and they share stuff they'll share pictures they'll share other things apple doesn't have it yet we can get into more of this in a moment and get some more tips your way from Kia Thomas, author of Mac Kung Fu Second Edition. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. Web 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. As the economy continues to falter, one thing continues to grow. Crime, burglaries, theft, and home invasions are the fastest-growing professions. Confrontation is never the goal. Prevention by keeping them out is. MySafeDoor.com can help you take away their access by properly securing your doors and windows. Protect your family today. Visit MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Or call 888-960-2946. That's 888-960-2946. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. George Washington said, Government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Kia Thomas joins us. He is the author of Mac Kung Fu Second Edition. 
with 400 tips and tricks. And you're getting an idea how he accomplishes this. The bad thing about the terminal is it's easy to use, but quite often there's no exit button. There's nothing that says, are you sure you really want to delete this folder before you delete this folder and lose all your files? To be honest with you, I'd never try to delete the root file system on Mac. I'm not that brave. I suspect knowing how Apple thinks there'll be some kind of protection built in. Because even at the, at the terminal, Apple's user-friendliness is um, obvious because I've never tried to delete the file system, but I strongly suspect that I won't be able to do that. Um, I just think something will step in and stop me doing it. Um, obviously, at the terminal, it's not like science fiction. You don't see things like command completed or okay, or, you know, you don't sort of see sci-fi things that you will see in, in sci-fi films. But saying that, it's not too hard to use, and the commands I've made sure, in my book at least, that um, people are well briefed before they type any commands. Any commands that could cause anything that you know could damage a system are clearly marked. So basically, I've made it so that it's very easy to do um, all the command line stuff in the book. Can you give us a couple of features that people didn't know and should know about Mountain Line? Of course, you're mentioning one of those venerable doc features where you can have it snap to specific sizes of doc icons which dates back to the very first version of OS X. Even in the public beta, I think you can do that. But, okay, what other features, stuff that may have surprised you, that you can do with the Mac that you have to call up some kind of hidden feature? I'll tell you what, should I tell you what tips in the book that I've used today? Okay, how about if I take you through some of the tips that I've actually used myself today? I mean, these are things that, um, you know, I use on a kind of daily basis, um, for example, this morning I was filling in a tax form because over here in the UK at the moment, it's our tax period. We have to fill things in. Um, it turns out in preview, there's a way of scanning in your signature by just holding, writing on a piece of white paper and holding it up to the eyesight camera. And if you select a certain feature in preview, it will look at it, scan it in, and then you can then insert it into any tax form or any form you want, any PDF form that you want to. That's one of them. Um, somebody contacted me saying they want to have a meeting with me next week and I have no idea when I'm free so all I did was go into calendar select all the events copy them to the pasteboard then start a new email and paste them in and if you do that macOS 10 is clever enough to format everything so it says right on Tuesday here is doing this on Wednesday is doing this on Thursday is doing this and it's a nice little neat list formatted so the person can then see what I'm doing and figure out when they're free and try and arrange a meeting with me one tip I use all the time is to use Spotlight to start applications rather than use the mouse. I just press command space to open up the Spotlight search bar, type the first bit of the, of the name of the program, for example, Microsoft Word, I'll just type Word. That will then highlight it in the list of results. I hit enter and it automatically starts it going, starts the application. So I haven't had to touch the mouse, take my hands off the keyboard, and I've started an application within seconds. Um, I also use Spotlight using um, the kind modifier. It's a keyword you can use. You type in kind colon and then follow it with something like image. So kind colon image. And that will make Spotlight return only images in the searches that it does rather than all the files. And you can do things like kind colon PDF. So that's excellent if you're trying to find, say, an image file. Um, and what I use all the time, every day, is to switch to the desktop. I want to see a file on my desktop. If I hold down command and then the mission control key um, or the expose A button, um, depending on which version or which, how old your Mac is, all the windows will instantly jump out of the way and I can see the keyboard beneath. 
Um, and that's another, that's a good example of a hidden feature because no one knows about it. And until you just sort of mess about and see what would happen if I press this and this, you don't find it. Um, tips I used yesterday, well, I can copy and paste from Quick Look Windows. When, on Mac, when you select a file and press the space button, you can, space key, you can see a preview of uh, any file. If it's a text file or document, if you click on the window, generally speaking, it moves it about, but I discovered a hack that you can type in, which makes so you can select text from Quick Look Windows. Um, I created in the book, I detail how to make an app that quits everything. So you can just press the button and everything will quit instantly. So if you're starting a big application like Photoshop, for example, which takes up a lot of memory, everything's out of the way. I mean, there are tons of, I do actually use a lot of the tips, well, nearly all the tips in this book. This is why things came to me, you know. This is why I discovered these things in the first place. Just sitting there and doing all the heavy lifting so we don't have to do it. Yes, hopefully. Okay. Now, were there things that you discovered in putting this book together that were contrary to what you expected? It's not just surprising, but you expected something to work one way and maybe it worked a different way? No, I don't think so. To be honest with you, Apple is Mac OS X and Apple are very coherent. Everything... Sometimes, this is a good example, sometimes I'm working away and I think, you know, there must be a way of doing this. There must be a way of, you know, a good example, putting a signature into a document or, for example, combining two PDFs. I can't believe that Apple would have let this software out of the door without there being a way of doing this. And then it becomes simply a matter of trying to find how to do that, you know, how trying to, you know, merge two PDFs together. So, you, for example, I might think, well, Maybe if I try copying one to the pasteboard and then pasting it, maybe that'll work. And I try various techniques and approaches. So generally speaking, Apple is so coherent and Mac OS X is so coherent and, and kind of, you know, complete that I know that there's going to be a way of doing things. But no, I've not had any surprises so far. Um, you know, things usually work in the way that I expect them to do so. Now, one of the criticisms leveled against Lion and Mountain Lion is that Apple tried to make it a little too much like the iOS. What's your perception? A person, I think it's a great thing. I worry a little bit sometimes that they're going to go too far. I like, one, one worry I have is that there may not be a Mac, Mac Kung Fu 3rd edition because it's, it's getting harder and harder to find these hidden features apart from the ones that are already there. There are several new applications that came with Mountain Lion, for example. There's, there's notes and reminders and calendar. And I searched through these programs trying to find hidden features, and there aren't that many. These these weren't created in the same way that a lot of other Mac applications were created. There's been a, there's been a kind of shift, I think, Apple. Um, they, they're still very useful applications. They're still very intuitive applications. I have no complaints about them using them day to day. But for someone like me who likes to try and find hidden things or secrets or, you know, things that you don't expect to find, well, there's not many of those in there. Admittedly, they are new applications, you know, they are things that have been released, you know, only about a year ago. So there's still time for them to, to build up, you know. We shouldn't expect too much from new applications. But there might be a, a shift going on at the moment with an Apple whereby things are being simplified to the extent where they're kind of, from my point of view, a little bit too simple because um, you use things like an iPad or iPhone. Again, there are no hidden bits and pieces. It's getting better as time goes on, you know, for, for a hacker like me to find hidden, hidden nooks and crannies, but there are far fewer than there are in OS X. So I would like to see the two of them continue along their own separate paths. But some kind of 
um, you know, um, convergence, I think is very useful, very handy. And things like iCloud, I absolutely love iCloud. I think it's a great idea. If you've got more than one Apple computer or one Apple device, it makes a lot of sense. Well, I've run into an issue which is iCloud related, and that is my wife first brought this to my attention where on her iPad she tries to add a bookmark and doesn't add the bookmark to the end of the list. It adds it to the middle of the list. Ever heard that one? That sounds like the kind of thing that somebody like me could find a cure for. Now, I'm not sure, I don't have a cure, but I'm sure if I looked around for long enough and hunted around, I could find a solution to that one. It sounds like they're being um, sorted by alphabetical order, doesn't it? I'm not too sure. It's just sorted by uh, the last in goes at the bottom. So therefore, yeah. if you add a new bookmark, it always goes to the bottom of the list, and then you can manually sort it. But this is even screwier, and I'll tell you more about it in a moment. We have Kia Thomas. His book is called Mac Kung Fu Second Edition. He's got 400 tips and tricks, and this is not just stuff he picked up on the Internet. It's stuff he worked out himself to figure out how it worked and how best to explain it to you. He did the hard stuff so you don't have to. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. 
Weapons and water filters, check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed, but if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout, we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing 6-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free, all for only $249. Visit AfterburnerStoves.com or call 866-716-5214. 866-716-5214. AfterburnerStoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg we have kia thomas for one more segment the book is mac kung fu second edition i was telling you about the problem we have with bookmarks like i said it goes to the bottom of the list when you add a bookmark. In this case, my wife was saying, when I add bookmarks, it's not going to the bottom of the list anymore. So it was going to the middle part of the list. So what I did, let me tell you what I did, but it only worked part-time. Obviously, because all the gear we have is connected by iCloud, we have an iPhone, we have an iPad, we have a Mac, and we have a mobile Mac. So as soon as we change the bookmarks, they're reflected on the other computers. Here's what was happening. Or it seems that there was corruption on the bookmark file on my Mac. Because what I did was very simple. I simply pulled it out of its folder. And that requires a little bit of crazy stuff because the library folder is hidden on your Mac. And I won't get into details how to get to it. But you hold down basically the option key and you go to the Go menu and there's library. Anyway, I took out the bookmark file put it on the desktop, and then I start Safari again. It opens a new bookmark file. I then imported the bookmarks into the new file. It worked for one day, and then my wife says to me again today, bookmarks aren't working properly again. So now that you have your assignment for edition three of Mac Kung Fu, or before then, if you get a solution, Kia, let me know when we have you back on the show again. We'll talk about it. 
That's a nice idea. Uh, tech support for Gene. I think I can do that well. Um, well you're I think tech we're supporting our listener base around the world, but this is your assignment should you choose to accept it. And this recording will self-destruct in 30 seconds. I think we should give Apple the benefits of the doubt here. iCloud's new, isn't it? I mean, it's been there since um, the last but one release of OS X, but in its current incarnation, it's fairly new. They're still ironing our bugs with it. You know, so let's just wait a little while before we start to say that, you know, things aren't working perhaps quite as well as we need them to. Just give them one more incarnation. Apple, generally speaking, does need a few tries to get things right. As we know, as I said, I said to you earlier, you know, OS X had to, had to reach 10.4 before it became really useful. As a matter of fact, the first two releases of OS X, 10.0, 10.1, I didn't make it my full-time operating system, and I was writing books in those days. About yeah. OS 10. By the way, listeners, if you hear dogs barking in the background, we have dogs in the neighborhood, neighbors who have six dogs, and sometimes they get into a debate. You know, maybe they're Mac versus Windows users. They're maybe having they problems are. with Windows 8, and that's why they're really barking. It's possible they could be Android users. That wouldn't be just barking. They'd be howling. Yeah. But we don't want to get into that. Have you played with Windows 8, by the way? Not yet, no. I keep meaning to call into a, a Microsoft shop and have a go at it. Um, it sounds awful, doesn't it? I, I, I know Microsoft. I spent a long time administering a network of Microsoft computers, XP, um, back in the old XP days. And I know Microsoft. I know exactly. I don't even have to use. I know exactly what it would be like. It would be a nice idea, reasonably well implemented, but with some really stupid things going on. So I've heard, for example, that the tiles on the Metro interface cut off the text so you can't actually see what they say all the way through. Um, that's Microsoft in a nutshell. You know, that's the kind of thing they do. And you, you wonder, why can't they do it better? Why can't they do a better job than that? But I don't know. And that's kind of what makes it possible for people to work as XP and Microsoft administrators because, you know, someone's got to put up with all that stuff and take care of it and, hey, creates employment, creates jobs. So, Well, just think of it this way. So far, so many people are still using Windows XP that you still have plenty of employment opportunities. Those who listen to the show regularly, though, know that on November 24th of last year, we had Jacob Nielsen, a usability expert, who had at it with Windows 8 and said it's in need of serious help. <laughs> Did you really? Well, that sounds cool. I read his report on, um, online about it all, and he hates it, doesn't he? He's vitriolic about it. I'll tell you, I've played with Windows 8. I have to. I have to understand both operating systems. Obviously, I play with Linux in the command line because of my web servers. And I can't get into Windows 8. I just think it is a colossal waste. I think Microsoft possibly should be admired to throwing out everything to try to do something, become relevant, embrace the new world of mobile platforms. But they kind of messed up there. They really did. There's a story now about a possible cheap iPhone. You've heard about that? I have. Okay. Do you think that makes sense? My concern is if Apple makes it too cheap, it becomes cheap junk, and Apple says they don't do that. If it's true, it's a huge shift um, in terms of Apple's market focus. But Apple's never been a company to to kind of... It's not a conservative company, is it? It doesn't stay still. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this was true. And But, of course, it'll be sold overseas. Um, they'll be limiting it to overseas markets. Um, it'll be hard to see how it fits into the current lineup of iPhones, but I think it's possible. It could happen. Well, I think one of the issues here or something like that, the reason you have a cheaper iPhone is because in developing countries and even people who pay for prepaid plans where 
they're basically paying before the fact rather than after the fact. You want a cell phone, you hand down $40, they give you a month. In that case, you're not getting a subsidized phone. You have to pay up front. Right now, the cheapest iPhone is the iPhone 4. It's about $350 or $400 unlocked. Okay. Mm. All right. That's a lot of money. But if Apple could produce one for $200, that'd be great. But how do you cheapen even the iPhone 4 to sell it for $200? We're not talking about iPhone 5, which is like $650. We're talking about the cheapest iPhone. What does Apple do? How does Apple do it? And can they do it profitably? If they can't do it profitably, why do it? Um, interesting point. I think, I wonder sometimes whether the whole market's not looking awfully like it did in the late 90s when Microsoft managed to marginalize Apple. They pushed them completely to the side and made them into a kind of expensive, or this was partly Apple's own fault, but as an expensive option. And I wonder, to, wonder sometimes whether Android, and to a lesser extent Microsoft, is doing that right now. They're pushing, they're marginalizing Apple by saying, well, it's terribly expensive. If you want to go and get a posh, expensive phone, sure, go and get Apple. But until then, here's a lovely Android phone, which gives you all the same features, but costs half the price. And I think maybe Apple's realized this. They spotted this happening and are trying to do something about it. Um, It'll be interesting to see if they do limit it to overseas markets and whether we'll start to get things like grey imports coming into the country to to combat it. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they play this. It's going to be a very difficult game because we have to see, and we'll be talking about this throughout this episode and in future episodes, how Apple could make a quality product. Not that they can't make cheap products of good quality. You think about the basic iPod, and I'm not going to translate it to pounds and everything or euros, but in America, you can buy an iPod for $49. And that's, you know, dirt cheap. I mean, yeah, there are cheaper music players, but not that much cheaper. We obviously have the $599 Mac Mini. But you can buy a PC desktop for, what, $350, $400? But then at least Apple is still cheaper. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see exactly what Apple does. Will there be a cheap iPhone? Can they find a way to produce it in enough quantities to make the cost of each unit low enough to sustain a decent profit margin? Because Apple wants the huge profits. So that's how it goes. That's how it goes. So let me just ask you a couple more things before we let you disappear with Elvis out of the building. (laughs) Kia Thomas, you're going to be doing a book, you say, on the iOS? Yes, Okay, so as you say, a lot of the stuff is front and center with the iOS. How do you go about finding tips and tricks? Well, we're going to include things like uh, all the iOS applications that Apple produces, things like GarageBand, um, iMovie, all the pages, keynotes. Uh, We're expanding it out a little bit into more than just iOS itself. But like I said, with is it iOS 6 at the moment? With the new release of iOS, there are more and more... And here's a good example of a hidden feature that I I spotted recently was if you press and hold the, I think it's a comma key on the on-screen keyboard, a little pop-up window appears where you can select um, um, an apostrophe instead. So you think that you'd have to slide your finger up to the apostrophe to select it. But actually, if you move your finger left, it selects it. So you can just press and hold and slide your finger off to the left and you've got an apostrophe instead. It's things like that. There are little hidden things appearing slowly but surely. It may well just take time for these things to appear because, you know, iOS is fairly young as operating systems go. 
you know, it may well be one of the youngest ones out there, apart from Android, of mainstream operating systems used by people today. If our listeners want to get more information on you, do you have a blog or a site they can check out? Yeah, I have a blog. It's uh, kiathomas.com forward slash blogging. And people can go there and um, read my thoughts. I write a little bit about, I put some tips up there. I write a little bit about, you know, my thoughts of the current state of Apple and the tech industry and things like that. Very good. The book is Mac Kung Fu Second Edition from the Pragmatic Bookshelf. Kia Thomas, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Dan Frakes from Macworld Magazine joining us. We have a lot of ground to cover in the Apple and related universe. And Dan, welcome back to the show. Hope you had a pleasant holiday. Let me start out with this big story that came out in Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal suggesting that Apple is poised sometime this year, maybe later this year, to build a cheaper iPhone. I don't see it. What about you? Well, I mean, how much cheaper than free can you get, right? Apple right now sells, of course, with a contract. And I think there's the rub. But with a contract, they sell the iPhone 
five for two hundred dollars, the iPhone four S for a hundred bucks, and then the iPhone four for free if you have a contract. So they can't go much cheaper than that on a contract. I, I think some of the you know some of the comments are are saying that they're going to produce a, a an inexpensive prepaid phone. Is that I mean, as I understand it? Well, I think the sense I mean, of it is here, Dan, is that. In a third world, they don't have subsidized plans. Right, right. So now if you were to buy an iPhone 4, it's free with a contract. It's roughly $400 unlock, yeah. 350 to 450 depending on where you go. So that's expensive. They're talking of, gee, $199. Now, the iPhone 4 is the 2010 product. How does Apple take that iPhone 4 and make it cost half as much? Well, I mean, I think they could do it. And I think that, so there's a key thing here, I think, whenever we talk about Apple, is the difference between cheap and inexpensive, right? Because Apple will always deny going into the cheap market, but they won't as vehemently deny the idea of them going into a less expensive market. You know, And I think that's sort of with the iPad mini, Apple's thing there was not, let's go make a cheap tablet, it's let's make... A, an iPad that's less expensive so more people can buy it. And I think if Apple's going to do this in the phone market, that's the that's the tack they're going to take, which is that they're going to say, we're not going to make a cheap phone. We're not going to make a crappy phone. Uh, we can make something that is an iPhone and that and that gives us the things that we think an iPhone an iPhone uh, you know epitomizes, but for less than what we're making now. And I mean, I think they could do it. I think there are things they can do in terms of features that you know they don't necessarily need to have the best they don't need to have a retina display on on an inexpensive phone so that would be one way, way to to cut costs so what they, they'll save $20 well the retina display is supposedly the most expensive part of the entire phone so you know i think that that could drop the drop the price price by you know 20 30 40 dollars here other things they could drop that may not that they could probably do without maybe they maybe the phone doesn't have wi-fi because if this is really a, a smartphone in in parts of the world where Wi-Fi is not ubiquitous, uh, maybe it doesn't need that. You know, so I mean, I think there are things they could do and still make it an iPhone. Of course, there's no LTE, but then right. the iPhone four doesn't have LTE either. Right. And Wi-Fi it would seem to me that if you expect that phone to travel, and maybe they would sell it in this country for prepaid carriers, they would still have to include Wi-Fi. Yeah, yes. I'm just throwing ideas out sure, there. Sure, no, I know they could do to make it cheaper. Um, and also, they could just have some lower profit margins on this low-end phone as well, but if they did it. Well, there is a story that they're quoting Phil Schiller, saying that right. Apple would never make a cheap iPhone, and this may or may not have anything to do with the current speculation. But, you know, when you start seeing stuff in the Wall Street Journal and in Bloomberg, you kind of think... Those guys have some kind of credibility. They have sources who are telling them this who know what they're talking about. I mean, if it's just a regular Mac rumor site, you say, huh. Well, you know, I, I think that's changed, right? I, I think that five years ago, ten years ago, when you saw something in the Wall Street Journal or in Time or in you know, one of the major, the New York Times, it was a pretty good bet that they had talked to somebody at Apple. These days, I don't think that's the case. I think that a lot of times in the last, especially the last couple of years, we are seeing reports from the, in the Wall Street Journal and Forbes and Time, you know, in, in these these prominent magazines where they're doing the 
Digitimes slash Apple Insider slash you know rumor site thing where they're talking to suppliers and they're talking to to people that make components and they're talking to manufacturing facilities and they're getting inside quote unquote uh, new info that's not the 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 sure bet as it used to be. It's not from an unidentified Apple executive, you know. And I, I think that that's part of that's just. The, these these publications they know that Mac and Apple rumors uh, sell, and they also know that they've been getting scooped a lot by rumor sites. Uh, whether those sites are right or wrong, they're they're scooping the big publications. And so I think some of these big, big publications are starting to to go after the, the the small Chinese news magazines and the suppliers and the component you know OEM vendors and things. So so I don't think that when you see it in the Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg that it's necessarily a sure bet anymore. That said, I do think that there's merit to the idea here. I, uh, like I said, I think that, you know, smartphones are becoming phones right around the world. It's, it's not just now where people in wealthy countries are using smartphones and the rest of the world are using the old crappy phones. I mean, people in developing countries now are buying smartphones and, and right now they're buying cheap smartphones because cheap smartphones are, you know, they can afford. So um, the idea of Apple saying there are billions and billions of people out there who are potential iPhone owners, and we're just going to let that go because we don't want to make a phone that costs $200 instead of $500. That to me, I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. So I think that there's, there's at least the idea that Apple's exploring this. Well, the key here also is if you can build 200 million of something, the costs for parts are going to be a lot less than if it's $100 million of something. Mm-hmm. So if they're looking at economy of scale, maybe what is not profitable for a certain quantity becomes profitable for a much larger quantity. But also they would have to develop production techniques to get more phones out and build more product for a given investment. Right, and that's right now is an issue for Apple with a lot of their products, right? There's so much demand for iPad minis and iPhone fives and that supply has been constrained. So yeah, I think if they are going to do something like this, part of that equation is going to be figuring out how to build them. Well, also the spare parts, but the key here is will Apple want to even consider getting involved in just such a venture? I think that's a big issue right there. Would Apple even want to do it or is this just talk? But then let's go back to the history of the Mac mini in 2005 where a few weeks before it came out at one of those quarterly conferences with financial analysts, Apple says, no, we're not going to build a cheap Mac. The first <laughs> Mac mini was 499 Yeah. No, well, that's always Apple's thing, right? They always deny they're going to do something right up until they announce it. So uh, I, I don't think you can take Phil Schiller denials on, at face value. Well, it's a question, of course, of cheap, because we're talking about 199 and we speculated when the iPad Mini came out that it had to be 249 or 299. It came out for 329. So Apple's variation of cheap may be, well, we have a way we can do this for 249. Right. Well, that's the the iPad Mini, right? Everyone said it was going to be 199 or 249. Right. So it, it became came out 329. So now with an iPhone Mini, and I'll call it Mini because I don't think they want to make a smaller screen that becomes less usable. You know, three and a half inches is pretty small on a smartphone. You start getting much smaller than that, it's just really uncomfortable. It's not the right. same thing as a 7.85-inch iPad. But 
Okay, if they decide to do that, it doesn't have to be one ninety nine. It could be two forty nine, it could be two ninety nine and be the premium prepaid product. Right. And maybe they won't sell quite as many, but they're still Apple. Right, I agree. It's just like with the iPad Mini. You know, Apple. The analysts all said, "Oh, it's got to be one ninety nine to compete with the, the the Nexus Seven and the Kindle Fire." And Apple said, "Well, no, it doesn't have to be. What it has to be is cheaper than four ninety nine because people want iPads. They don't want a cheap tablet. They want iPads. And if we give them an iPad that costs three twenty nine instead of four ninety nine, we're going to sell a lot more." And, and you so have I, to look at the way it is now. Right. It's still, what, one week back ordered at Apple's online right. store for the right. iPad Mini. They still have not caught up to demand more to come. We have yeah. Dan Frakes of Macworld Magazine joining Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What's going on with food prices? Have you noticed how your favorite ice cream is now 14 ounces instead of a pint? Round-trip airfares into nine major cities has increased 44% in just one year. Ask your 18 to 25-year-old what it costs to buy some nice, fashionable jeans. $300? And yet not one person in 100 realizes these prices reflect government spending and Federal Reserve Bank dollar printing. Gold in the last 10 years has increased 450%, while the dollar's purchasing power is declining daily. My name is Daniel Larson. I work at Midas Resources. To learn more about how gold and silver can protect your dwindling purchasing power and your IRA accounts, call 1-800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. Daniel Larson, 800-686-2237, extension 134. Is this the year you finally get serious about your family's drinking water? If so, keep listening for a special offer from Big Berkey Water Filters. Did you know that over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated? Berkey Water Filters distinguish themselves from many other filtration systems with the capability to significantly reduce dangerous chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, and disinfection byproducts from municipal water via the Black Berkey and PF line of filters. Then there's affordability. At only 1.7 cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify treated and untreated water, even stagnant pond water. Stop and think how much money you could save by simply 
reducing buying bottled water and using water filtered by your Berkey water filter. No need to be constantly replacing expensive filters with a Berkey. A single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. Choose the best size Berkey for your needs at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And right now, all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Just call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Free shipping on every order over $50. Big Berkey Water Filters. For the love of clean water. You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy, and we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful natural and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also, exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With Dan Frakes of Macworld Magazine joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live, we're focusing on the possibility of a cheap iPhone, an iPhone mini or whatever, and how Apple does it. Now, we understand Apple does produce less expensive products. We have the iPad mini. We have iPods for $49. Right. And they're cheap, but they're not cheap, if you get my point. I mean, uh, totally. And, and Apple has been, of course, with the iPod line, bringing the price down Every year, bringing the price point point of entry, I should say, the the price of entry down every year to where, like you said, now it's forty nine dollars. Now you can get a, you know, an iPod Nano with an iOS like interface and a touchscreen for one hundred and forty nine dollars. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I can see them doing. And as we were just saying, that for Apple, it's not we have to make an iPhone that's price competitive with the cheapest Android phones. For for Apple, it's we need to make an iPhone that's less expensive than our premium iPhone. And that's really what the way they're going to look at it. So if we follow that, there could be such a product, but it's going to have to be different. It's not just going to be a cheaper iPhone. It's got to be something that conveys value, that seems to be something special, different, whatever. So it may be stripped down in many ways, may not have the cutting-edge hardware, not have LTE, although I guess eventually LTE is going to be so cheap you'll be able to have it in any form. It'll still have the basics, but it's going to be a more valuable product. And maybe it will be plastic, but plastic can be nice if it's done right. And like I said earlier, I think, you know, they might, with at least in the beginning, they might skimp on the retina display and make it a, you know, a non-retina. Because, I mean, retina is great. I love retina, and I wouldn't want an iPhone without a retina display. But an iPhone without a retina display is still an iPhone, and it still does all the same things, and it's still... It gives you the same experience, and so I think that that's 
you know, that's one area where they could save some money on it. And, and people who are in, in these markets where they're trying to sell them would, most of them probably would be just happy to get an iPhone. And, you know, the fact that it's not Retina would not be a deal killer. And that's um, only now. Retina display technology will continue to cheapen. So right, right. in a couple of years, it will be. It's kind of like, for example, right now, I, you've probably heard of this at the Consumer Electronics Show. LG has its line of OLED TVs, 55-inch OLED TVs. It's going to be $10,300 when it goes on sale in Korea, South Korea, and $12,000 when it goes on sale in the U.S. That's 2013. But say 2016, it's going to be $999. Yeah, I mean, prices go down, right? Yes. Eventually, especially as Apple's now producing, they have essentially every one of their devices, their iOS devices is now on a retina display. I think um, as they're producing more and more, of course, the, the, the price is going to go down. And eventually, Retina Display will be the sort of accepted display. And it's, it's already becoming that way now on Android, too, where a lot of the newest smartphones are all have these high-res displays as well. So, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to get to the point where that's sort of the accepted. But it also means that right now the non-Retina Displays are very inexpensive by comparison. And, of course, in terms of random display, other companies are producing their smartphones with various and sundry forms of high-resolution display, so it's become very common. Yep. Continuing along this line, looking at the prospects for Apple for 2013, let's go back to the Apple Smart TV. Now, there was an article from somewhere suggesting that they're still introducing smart TVs at CES, but in every case, these TVs are not so smart. Is this worth for Apple to get into or just a smart set-top box, more expanded, maybe a uh, digital hub? That's the, that's the big question, right? I mean, yeah, there's, clearly some, there's clearly some allure to an Apple, actual Apple TV in that it would, from what we've come to expect from Apple, it would be high quality, it would look nice, it would be uh, the software and the hardware would be seamlessly integrated. Um, you know, but the problem I've always had with the idea of an Apple TV, an Apple branded TV, I should say, is that um, you're you're telling people that they need to then throw away their existing TV and buy an entire new TV just to get this experience, and that's a pretty high hurdle. I mean, granted, there will be people in the market for an entire new TV, and so there will be people who would buy that. But to to introduce a, a new product in such a competitive market and say, but to buy it, you've got to get rid of the TV you have on your wall now and spend, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars for a really nice new TV with this these features. I that seems like a lot. I, I mean I think that if Apple is going to do something like this, that they'll focus more on the Apple TV model that we have now where you've got a box that just plugs into your TV and then takes care of everything. Uh, I think they might say, okay, we're going to make a couple of our own models as well. But um, to me, the easier way into that market is is the way the current Apple TV is set up where you spend a hundred bucks, plug in a, plug in one cable and you're done. Um, whatever TV you already have. And the key is going to be not so much the hardware, but the the software and the the content relationships with with the content provider. So that to me seems to make a lot more sense than Apple coming out with a high end TV with built in Apple TV features and that being their only approach. Well, the other thing to consider the fact is what is wrong with the existing TV model and it's the integration of the various right. devices that you have. 
Right. So you have your TV, and it's fine. And some of them even have the so-called smart features in the apps. So then you add the Apple TV set-top box, okay? Then you add your cable or satellite box, your Xbox, your Nintendo. And then, for example, there's another device. Maybe you have a home theater sound system. Like, for example, we're testing now one of these, I don't know if you call them sound bars. It's like a sound base, and it's designed for your TV to be atop of it. So the crappy sound you get from your TV set, it now goes into one of these boxes. In fact, we're reviewing one from Zvox, which is a company in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the thing has like five speakers and two subwoofers, and it's a base that can support 160 pounds. So you place your TV set atop it on a base on a normal TV stand or something like that. All right. The key is here is integrating all these accessories. And right now, maybe you'll set up like a Logitech Harmony remote control. And I'll tell you, to integrate this additional item, just having the home theater sound system, the sound base, it took a little while to get everything to work, Mm -hmm. you know, switch all the inputs and make sure the volume control is not the one from the TV set, but the one from the Zvox, all this other stuff. And if Apple could find a way for you to use the Apple TV as the digital hub, to use that terminology again, a digital hub that integrates all the devices as seamlessly as possible and reduces wire clutter somehow, I think that's going to be a big answer to the problem with TVs. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think the gold ring here, as you said, is a way to solve the mess of the entertainment system, right? Because like you said, we've got in our our family room here, we've got a TV, we've got an AV receiver that handles all the switching and the audio. We have a Blu-ray player, we have a TiVo, we've got an Apple TV, and we've got a Roku box. Um, And if we didn't have the, we have a Harmony remote, it's programmed, which that's an entirely different level of hassle there. It is. You have to go through a very elaborate process. And we'll get into more of this in a moment, especially, of course, you have the AV receiver, which has 4,000 little plugs in the back for different things. We've got Dan Frakes of Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. 
As the economy continues to falter, one thing continues to grow. Crime, burglaries, theft, and home invasions are the fastest growing professions. Confrontation is never the goal. Prevention by keeping them out is. MySafeDoor.com can help you take away their access by properly securing your doors and windows. Protect your family today. Visit MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Or call 888-960-2946. That's 888-960-2946. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Who wants to be disease-free, full of energy, and vibrant health? Two reasons you may feel constantly tired and run down could be that your body's acid level is high and your pH level is low. How does acid enter your body? A cup of coffee, a sandwich, tap water, stress, and cell phones. Plus, your own body produces acid on a regular basis. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize the water you drink and raise your pH level. They promote more oxygen in your system, higher energy potential, and many other documented health benefits. And studies show viruses bacteria and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops is the least expensive and the best pH level product you can buy. Order AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. That's 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health with pH Drops from AlkaVision.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're talking about the hub of your digital lifestyle. It needs some work with Dan Frakes of Macworld Magazine. So we're looking at all the stuff that you have to integrate with today's TV set. And maybe that's what Tim Cook meant when he said he goes into his living room, he feels like he's gone back in time 20 or 30 years. Right, right. And as I was mentioned before the break, we've got, we've got a Harmony, Logitech Harmony remote. And it's a hassle to set up. But once it's set up, you can kind of press one or two buttons to get everything to switch over to the right combination of inputs and levels. And 
you know, and settings. Uh, without that remote, no one in our family but me would be able to actually use the entertainment center. And I you think know, that's also kind of sorta. And the reason you have a Harmony remote, I do too, the Harmony 900. And sometimes if you don't point it the right way towards no, right. the various devices, it misses once. You have to press the help. Help button. and go walk through the steps and, and yeah. fix it. So it's never 100%. It's maybe 95%. Well, we've got a rule in our house that for everyone else in the house is that the remote never leaves the armrest of the, of the couch because, because as long as it's sitting there pointing directly at the TV and all the IR receivers on the various components, everything works perfectly. But, you know, as you said, if someone picks it up and presses a button to switch modes and then turns away or puts it down so that it's below the plane of the remote, you know, uh, the IR receivers, whatever, it, it doesn't do everything right. So, and that's kind of epitomizes the, this whole issue we're talking about, which is that the, the big problem with home entertainment these days is that you need all these different components. You need to be able to hook them up and you need to be able to get them to work together. And so if any company is able to, to somehow do away with various components and various setup procedures and all the coordination that's required that is sort of the gold ring of home entertainment right now and i think that that would be a huge seller you know even if it required some you know people to get rid of some of the stuff they have uh and and that's the challenge and and, you know i don't know if the current apple tv could do that because it still doesn't play dvds and 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 blu-ray discs which some people a lot of people still do well it doesn't have to replace those devices it could just integrate to the existing ones. If it could, if you know, but I, I question whether or how that would be possible without a lot of hardware. But you're right. I mean, if it could, that would be great. But also, the things that are needed is you need ways to access channels, you know, cable channels and, and premium channels, and uh, ways to see sports. And you know, a lot of people talk about cutting the cable and going all, you know, Apple TV, Roku stuff like that. But there's still a lot of stuff that you just can't get without those services. So. Um, they have a, to work with the existing cable and satellite yeah. providers. Mm-hmm. Now, one way, is, one way is an app, you know, like you have a DirecTV app, you have a Cox or a Comcast app, that kind of thing. Yeah, you can do that. But, I mean, I've tried some of these apps, and every single one's a hassle because they're not smart. They don't just say, what's my IP address? Okay, that's a Comcast IP address. Let's go. They, you know, you launch the app. It says, Oh, you're on Comcast, you claim. Okay, first tell me your area, tell me your specific provider, log in with your username or password. If you don't have one, go to your Comcast site and lo- and create a I mean, the amount of the amount of hassle required to use these right now is just it's it's crazy. They need a seamless way to set that yes. up that you enter your serial number and you're going to probably have to or some kind of account number and maybe you'll have to have a verification like give me the last four digits of your social and give us your email address that we have on your account. You know, some, that kind of like a two or three stage step. It has to be that way. Well, and it has to be a way where you do it once and never have to do it again. And that requires integration with Apple, cooperation between Apple and the providers. But um, right now, you know, my iPad's got apps from it's got CBS, ABC, it's got TBS, it's got ESPN, it's got you know all, all the all the cable channels have their own apps, and each one of them, every single one. In fact, I've even got like three different ESPN ones and every one of those, they all require me to log in separately over and over again. And it's just, you know, it makes you just want to say, forget it. I'll just turn on the TV. So there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff here that needs to get done before Apple can replace or control or however you want to, you want to phrase it. 
the home entertainment system. And so um, I think that's why there are so many doubts about Apple doing an Apple TV and making it a all-in-one, do-everything box. Well, and the thing is, if Apple were to come out with the actual TV set, what would they contribute other than the interface? Would they give you a better picture? Would they, right, give, that, you, right. would, would they give you better sound? I mean, I could see legitimate areas where TVs can be better as they are now. Better picture. Better, especially better sound, because right now, the sound of every TV set I've ever heard is lousy. About the only exception is this one from Bose, which starts at $5,000. So that's out of the picture. Well, you raise a, a good question, too, which is that what's the value an Apple TV would bring? And I don't think that a, be- a better picture or, or good sound are really the things that, that, that Apple is going to focus on. Because the truth is, there are plenty of phenomenal TVs out there right now. Apple is, Apple is not going to make the best quality picture because there are companies that specialize in that, and that's all they do, and they're really expensive. And, and, and the, the quality of inexpensive TVs has gotten dramatically better in the last you know, three or four years. And sound you're going to get from a TV, unless you got, like you, you're talking about, a sound bar or a sound base or whatever, unless you have something like that, you're not going to have the best sound either. I think if Apple did this, they would come out, it would be a very Apple-like product in that it wouldn't be the absolute best thing you could get on the market in terms of, you know, like when Apple makes a, a high-end, high-end Mac Pro, you can get a better, a, a faster, more powerful computer but it wouldn't be as, as nicely integrated or, it, or the quality or wh- whatever. And that's how I think Apple would have to do it if they were going to make a TV, which is that they're going to make a very good picture, something that has very good sound for what it is, but it's not the absolute best. And what they're going to win you over with is the interface and the software and how you control it. And so if Apple were to do an actual TV, and like I said, I'm, I'm still skeptical, I think that's the way that they would go about it. Well, this is one of the questions that isn't going to be answered, except it looks to me like the TV industry every year is spooked because they keep offering different ideas. Like now, for example, I think it's Samsung has a program now where they will update your existing TV. I guess this started with last year's models to the newer software every year for three years total. Mm -hmm. So you get the original year, the second year and the third year. And this was designed to get you up to date with their smart features. But I gather from what I've read is most people don't care about smart TVs. It's not on their radar. If they want that, they'll buy the Apple TV or the Roku. In fact, some of the DVD players have that stuff. Right. You know, and and there's a a couple things there that you mentioned. Uh, You know, first of all, I don't know a single, literally, and I'm not exaggerating here. I do not know a single person with a quote, smart, unquote, TV, who uses those features. I, I mean, maybe there are some of my friends have them and just haven't talked to me about it, but everybody I've ever talked to through work or friends or family that has a TV with Amazon video or Netflix features, they do not use the TV for that. They use an Apple TV or a Roku box or something separate or you know, or, or a Blu-ray player, like you said, that has it built in. Because um, the setup other, process is a nightmare. But setup is a nightmare. The interface is horrible. I mean, we have a we have a really nice Panasonic TV in our in our family room that has smart features and network connection stuff. And I've tried to use it several times, but the the trouble with I mean the 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 hassle that it require required to use it is so bad. Uh, it's so much easier just to turn on my Apple TV or a Roku box and and play Netflix that way. Um, and so. 
I, I think when people get excited about an Apple TV, that's what they're excited about because they've tried their TV or even their Blu-ray player. We have a Sony Blu-ray player that has all these features built in. And, and, and it, if you ever try use a PlayStation Portable, the Blu-ray player has the same interface as a PlayStation Portable in terms of how the menus are set up and stuff. And it's not very good. And it's not, it doesn't make you want to use it. It makes you want to avoid it. So I think that's where people get overly excited about the idea of an app of an Apple TV is that they're the thinking is Apple will be able to make an interface that's worth using and will make something that's not going to make you want to turn it off. They won't want to make you pull your hair out unless it's <laughs> of course, hair restoring medicine. We have Dan Frakes at Macworld Magazine. Don't know where that started. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed, but if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout, we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing six-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free, all for only $249. Visit afterburnerstoves.com or call 866-716-5214, 866-716-5214, afterburnerstoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Land in Buenos Aires, then a shuttle to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa, it's Argentina. One-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. 
Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more, all more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com, the big game hunting ranch, GoldenStagSafaris.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Dan Frakes of Macworld joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle live. As an observer of the Mac scene, we've seen Apple stock price take one heck of a beating. What is wrong with Apple that what is the media or the tech media or the financial analysts think is wrong with Apple? You know, that's a, it's a, it's a good question. Question. I have never been able to suss out the uh, rationale behind Apple stock prices. Um, Apple will announce something phenomenal uh, at, at, a, at an Apple event and the stock will dive. Um, Apple will do something that we think is going to kill the stock and the stock will rise. I mean, the stock market is a crazy thing to begin with, and especially when it comes to Apple, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Um, you know, my, my biggest guess is that recently Android reports about Android phone sales have been very good. Some people had unreasonable expectations about the iPhone 5 sales, and when they weren't as good as, as people expected, even though apparently Apple sold out of them and couldn't make enough, and that's why they didn't sell enough. But in any case, Apple didn't sell as many as some people predicted. Um, you know, these kind of combinations of things, some analysts are just saying, oh, well, Apple's not doing as well as I expected. Um, but, you know, Apple is still having record, record-breaking profits quarter after quarter, we just heard from um, the last couple of days from Verizon, AT and T, that they had record-breaking sales of smartphones, including iPhones, over the, the holiday quarter. So, I, yeah, I mean, who knows? The Apple stock is a big black hole of of logic. Well, this is a big black hole of logic, especially if, as they say, Apple sold more iPhones than originally expected. Apple sold maybe more iPads than originally expected, although maybe. The iPad mini is capturing a larger share. And that's another question, too, when we look into Apple's prospects for 2013. The iPad mini, is that the mainstream iPad of the future? Oh, I, yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I think that 
just as with the iPod Mini when it was debuted, um, and it kind of undercut the traditional iPod. It was cheaper. It wasn't so much cheaper that it was an obvious buy. In fact, a lot of people questioned why someone would buy an iPod Mini because it was only so much less than a regular iPod, but gave you, you know, a fraction of the storage. But yet, it became quickly became the best-selling uh, iPod ever. I think that's going to happen with the the iPad Mini as well. I think it's it's already selling like crazy. I mean, Apple stores even now are still are out of them, and there's still a one or two week wait for a lot of the models online. Um, it lowers the cost of entry by quite a bit, right? It, it, people who wouldn't have bought an iPad before are now buying an iPad Mini, and a lot of people I know that liked that have had you know, full size iPads for for a couple of years have downsized because it's just so much lighter and so much more portable. You can take it with you everywhere, uh, and I, I think Apple now has said yes. This is going to be our mainstream iPad, and then the standard size iPad is going to be the sort of power user iPad. Um, and I think that that's going to play out. Some people are saying that's going to undercut Apple's profits because you know, the mini has this, it, it, the profit margin on it and the, and the net profit is lower. But I think they're going to sell so many more of them that it's going to easily make up for it. Well, I think Apple's still making a pretty good profit. Yeah, yeah sure it they is. are. Sure. Yeah. And also, if it's 329 makes it easier for people to buy, where Apple might have sold $40 million, now it's $60 million. Right. Yeah. People are buying them like crazy. Um, and everybody that I know who has tried them, picked it up, has been has liked it more than they expected. They may not buy them, but they pick it up and they're like, huh, this is actually really nice. And uh, I think that later this year, maybe later this year, um, maybe early the next spring, we're going to see a Retina version. And then, you know, everybody who bought the first one is going to trade it in and get another one. And um, it's, I think it's going to do well. Well, yes, we got to get the Retina version. I mean, we missed the Retina version. Our lives will end. What are we going <laughs> to do? Moving on just for the last couple of minutes here. With Tim Cook saying that Apple will build a Mac in the U.S. this year, is it the Mac Pro or the Mac Mini? Um, that's a, I, I, honestly, I don't really know. Um, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the rumors on both sides. Um, my gut tells me it's going to be the Mac Pro, just because um, the with the Mac Mini, the 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 Mac Mini is easier to ship. The Mac Mini's biggest costs are probably assembly, uh, and those are the kind of things that make more sense to do overseas. It's uh, robotic. Yeah, and um, the Mac Pro, on the other hand, is going to be much more build to order. It's going to be larger. It's um, it's more of a heavy-duty manufacturing Mac, if you will. Uh, so it seems to me to make more sense there, but I've heard rumors on both sides. Well, the thing also about the Mac Pro is that shipping costs, shipping that right, thing right, right. from Asia. Oh, no, there's no question. I mean, shipping the Mac Pro is expensive. I mean, I, I, I don't have the numbers handy, but I would imagine that the Mac Mini weighs about, you know, a 120th, 115th, uh, of, a, of a Mac Pro, and it takes up about the same fraction of in terms of size. So I, I'm sure that if Apple had to choose in terms of shipping costs, they'd rather make the uh, Mac Pro here. Definitely. They also ought to make it a little bit smaller. I can't see that has to weigh over 40 pounds. I think they can have the same expandability. Two optical drives. They can't get rid of the optical drives. Four hard drives, three PCI slots, and knock out 50% of the weight and size. 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've advocated for years for a smaller Mac Pro, uh, sort of a middle middle sized one. But yeah, um, mythical mid range yeah, tower, whatever. Yeah, right. Um, and I, and I think nowadays, especially with Thunderbolt and a lot of um, some of the high end Pro stuff, is now going to be available in Thunderbolt or with external PCI Express uh, um, enclosures. I think I think Apple would be able to do. The small and and the truth is that Apple's lost their super high end market a lot of it, um, and and they've seemed to be they seem to be saying you know not publicly but they seem to be conceding that market and just saying you know if you really need a super high end workstation we're not doing that anymore we're going to do Pro Max for people who have moderate high end needs uh, but we're not going to do the top of the line thing anymore and so. If that does con- continue to be the, the approach they're taking, then I'm with you. I don't see the Mac Pro needing to be that big. Um, and I know a lot of people who would rather see it smaller and use a little less power, run a little less hot, uh, but still give good performance. And when it comes to just popping in chips, it doesn't matter. Apple right. can still give it the performance because a lot of that performance comes from the processors, which are plug-in. From the graphic cards, they can offer the best graphic cards. For those who want to spend $10,000 to equip a Mac Pro, they can still get what they want. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I hope we do. I, I really hope we do see... I mean, Tim Cook did say that the Mac Pro is going to see a big update this year. So I hope we see that sooner rather than later. And I, I'd like to see something that's a little smaller and that um, while still offering expandability for the people who need it. I think when it comes to what Tim Cook says, you have to take it to the bank that they are working on something, and maybe for whatever reason, it just wasn't ready for this year, so it has to be next year, especially if they want to put a little money. And then again, how many products can Apple develop in one year? I mean, Apple did a lot in 2012. Right. I mean, Apple updated pretty much everything in the product line except for the Mac Pro last year. Uh, And, you know, if if it does turn out to be the Mac Pro that's made in the U.S., or that's at least put together, assembled in the U.S., uh, which is what I think they were saying. Uh, It also makes sense that they delayed that because wherever they're going to be assembling it, they've got to get those facilities ready and stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's also contributed to the delay of it being 2013 rather than last year. Definitely. Well, we're going to have to see how this happens, how this shakes out, and how what Apple does finally, as they say, manifests itself in future new product. I'm I'm looking forward to what they're doing this year. Like I said, last year was a pretty crazy year in terms of updates, and um, but some of those updates were were rather were, were updates to existing product designs and models. And so, uh, the, Apple over the last six months has made a number of comments. Executives have made a number of comments about how they're really they've got a lot of big stuff in the pipeline. So. As much as we saw a lot of updates last year, I'm also I'm 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 pretty optimistic we're going to see a lot of really new stuff this year as well. We can hardly begin to predict what they're going to do, or maybe yep. predict what they're not going to do. Dan Frakes, where do we find more of your stuff? Oh, MacWorld.com, of course. So simple. That's where he has his regular columns, reviews, whatever. And, and I should also say that we you, you can also find our stuff on techhive.com nowadays as well, which is where we're doing more of our non-Apple consumer electronics coverage. We'll have to look for it. Dan Frakes, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Okay, go. Go forth and conquer. Great. 
Waiting at the plate for our next segment is none other than Bob, Dr. McLevitis. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Preparedness is simple when you have the right stuff. And with the looming threat of economic collapse and possible service interruption, it's time to get the best-in-class preparedness stuff at DisasterStuff.com. DisasterStuff.com has been serving smart preppers for over 15 years with quality products like Berkey water filters. DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. And as always, free shipping on all Berkey products. Stock up on water barrels and accessories. Get Country Living or Wonder Mill grain mills, Excalibur food dehydrators, Tatler reusable canning lids, sun oven solar cookers, EMP bags to protect sensitive electronics, and don't be without your life straw personal water filter, all from DisasterStuff.com. Preparedness is simple with the right stuff from DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Welcome back to Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. We have Bob, Dr. McLevitis, joining us, and he assures us or warns us that he has some kind of a sore throat or something going on there. And, of course, this is the height of the flu season. I think I've got the Australian flu. That's what my doctor says. The Australian flu. Does that give you kind of a strange texture to your voice? No, no, you, you get a pouch. Well, you have to think about all those Australian actors who take on American accents to appear in American shows, like, of course, The Star of the Mentalist and all those Australian actors on Fringe. (laughs) Those guys are Aussies? Well, sure, John Noble is an Aussie. Well, they don't talk like it. And Anna Torv is an Aussie. What do they call that when when they talk like they're not, you know... They're good actors. They do accents. Look, Christian Bale is a Welshman, and he was Batman. Yes, yes, and uh, Gary all, the vampires, all the vampires are either Brits or Aussies on uh, True Blood. Well, yeah, I think one's from Sweden or Switzerland. All right, or all right, Eric, Eric the Norseman is from Sweden, but but the rest of them, 
Yes. They all have, you know, when you hear them interviewed, they all talk with these British accents or Australian accents, and you think, how does that guy talk like he's from Louisiana when he's on the show? And then you just answered my question. They're actors. That's right. That's what they do. Yes, they do That's why we're not actors. Well, you look at, for example, Gary Oldman, and you think he's a proper British gentleman. He plays Commissioner Gordon, the quintessential American hero in Batman. But he also played this crazy character with a southern accent in The Fifth Element. Oh, he was great. That's my favorite movie with him, The Fifth Element. That's one of my five favorite movies of all time. I mean, also, that's the best thing that Mila Jovovich ever did. Not the Resident Evil stuff, but being Lilu. I don't think I've seen her in anything but that, but she is awesome in Fifth Element. She's amazing. I think she's a really good actress, but she's saddled with this Resident Evil stuff. And I think that's terrible. See, I've never seen a Resident Evil. I just assumed that I wouldn't enjoy that, so I've never gone. I think most of them live in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. There's our political comment. And I have to say that because the flagship act on the GCN radio network is Alex Jones. So we have to be political sometimes. There you do. I'm not really. I'm just saying that just for the heck of it. Hey, let's talk about some of the current Apple Incorporated stories. Now I get some tips from you because you have all this great stuff in these dummies books that you write, and we need to explore that in more detail. Okay, rumor numeral uno, all the rage this week. Bloomberg News says it. The Wall Street Journal says it. So maybe we should believe it, and that is that Apple is going to produce a cheap or thinner or lighter, less expensive iPhone. Wait, what did Phil Schiller say? <laughs> that, Come on. Inter- that interview has kind of been withdrawn. Have you noticed that? No. I just saw that Phil Schiller said, no cheap iPhone. And I figure, okay, well, but, you know, we know we can't, we can't trust Apple to tell us the truth anyway. I remember when Steve said no tablets. I remember when Steve was saying no cell phones. I remember... When Apple was saying no cheap Macs, and that was a few weeks before we had the $499 Mac Mini, which is now $599, but there you go. Right. So here's a story here. There's a report in Apple Insider quoting Reuters as saying cheaper iPhone story withdrawn after substantial changes to China report. And this was the interview involving Phil Schiller. So I don't know what they withdrew. Oh, well, we'll just have to see about this. Hold on. All right. While he's doing his research, I'm going to ask Bob, Dr. McLevitis, what do you think here? We know Apple came out with cheap iPods. $49 is as cheap as you can get. The iPad mini may be expensive compared to other smaller tablets, but it's a bit larger. And it's selling quite well, as a matter of fact. It's still back-ordered. So Apple succeeded with a smaller iPad, and you didn't need to have sandpaper. No, and I think I think uh, Apple hit the nail on the head with the iPad mini. It's an iPad. It's just a smaller form factor, and I think for some people, that's the perfect iPad. But the thing is, it's not too small. No, and for, for example, we bought one for my mother-in-law, and she's never known anything else, but it's perfect for her. You can see that if she had a bigger one, it wouldn't be as convenient for her. She wouldn't be able to play as many games as she does. 
and she wouldn't be able to play so many tiles in words with friends so quickly. Just the convenience of carrying it around, I think, makes it perfect. It's also much more affordable. It fits, yes, the least expensive uh, current generation iPad, and it fits in the pocket of cargo pants or cargo shorts or almost any jacket for a guy. And, of course, most purses for girls. The size is awesome. You know, the size is really just, just right. And I think a lot of people have expressed concern about it not having the retina display. But I, I've been using it alongside a fourth-generation iPad for a few months. And I can honestly say when, my, when, when I return these, if I buy another iPad this year, it would be the Mini, not the fourth generation with Retina display. Even though I love that, I, I use the smaller one more. And the difference in resolution isn't enough for me to carry the bigger one. By the way, there will be a Retina display model in a few months. Of I'm course sure we all know there that. will. Right. Of course there will. But I, I'm saying for right now, I think that you can... Um, you know, if you're on the fence about whether the Mini's the right thing for you, go to the Apple store and drive one. Because I think most people, once they've had it in their hand and, and glanced at it with their eyes, say, hey, great, perfect. It's an iPad, but it's smaller and cheaper. There you go. Okay, a cheaper iPhone. Now, the speculation was before the iPad Mini came out that Apple had to sell it for $199 or $249 to be competitive with the Amazon Kindle Fire HD or the Barnes & Noble Nook or the Nexus 7 from Google. Of course, that didn't happen. Apple came out with 329. It's perfectly successful. So now they're saying, gee, Apple has to sell this new iPhone unlocked. And we're talking about unlocked without the carrier subsidy because if it's going to the third world or to prepaid carriers, you don't get that discount. You don't get the $400 discount that you get. So they'd sell it for like one ninety nine, and I was thinking, well, Apple doesn't do that, but maybe they can come up with an iPhone that's two ninety nine for an unlocked version. Because remember, now the iPhone four is roughly four hundred dollars or so, so it's a hundred dollars cheaper. It's slimmer. It's not the fastest technology. It doesn't have a Retina display. Apple maybe uses plastics instead of aluminum and sophisticated glass. But you have to think here, even plastics properly designed will look good. Hello? I'm here. I was waiting for an answer. Oh, I was just looking to see if Phil Schiller actually withdrew his comments. (laughs) It's unclear what's going on with that. Well, it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't mean anything. It's spin. He'll say, we're not going to produce a cheap iPhone. But the iPhone Mini or or the iPhone Nano will not be cheap. That was my point was that Apple sometimes, you know, lies right to your face yes but they'll do it in a very sideways fashion so phil schiller can be asked let's assume it's correct you ask phil schiller okay you said we're not going to produce a cheap iphone he'll say it's not a cheap iphone it is a smaller simpler (laughs) smaller, less expensive iphone no you're right you're right but i'm saying apple is probably the um least uh forthcoming technology company on earth as far as letting people and in particular the media know what they're going to do next (laughs) they play a great game that's their game you know don't expect apple to tell you the truth about what they're going to do but they'll drop broad hints 
if you parse their words, like, for example, look what Tim Cook is saying with regard to TV experience being 20 years behind. Okay, the TV experience is 20 or 30 years behind. Everyone says, okay, he's going to produce a TV set because they're very interested in that. But I'll tell you what I think he's going to do in a moment. We have Bob Bachter, Mac Levitis. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, six-month, three-month, one-month, or seven-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. 
Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables, and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Bob, Dr. McLevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Night Out Live. And we talked about the possibility of a cheap iPhone. I kind of sort of think Apple might do it, not to be cheap, but to offer a slimmer, kind of less involved form factor that might save some money. And they could sell it for $299, sell twice as many, and make loads of profits. Okay. So the the most important thing though is keep people in the Apple App Store ecosystem. It's all about the ecosystem because once you get wrapped up in the ecosystem, you're not going to buy a Microsoft Surface because it has Office on it. You're not going to want to buy something from Google and Android. You're wrapped into the App Store. Yes, it's very important. Once you get that customer, you don't want to lose that customer. It's very important. But let's look at other possibilities here. Maybe there will be a cheaper iPhone. I could see the possibilities. Like I said, not $199, but $299. That means shaving $100 off the current retail price. I think Apple could find a way. I really do. Okay, so Apple, or at least Tim Cook says, the experience with the current TVs takes you back 20, 30 years. What's he talking about? Turning on he's a TV and change? About, yeah, he's talking about the user interface experience. And I think he's right. I mean, uh, yes, but what in I the user interface are we talking about? Of, we have like 1,600 uh, channels of cable, and the interface for browsing and stuff is horrible. Horrible. Now, I have, I, have, I, I don't think Apple's going to build TV sets. If you think that Apple's going to build flat panel TVs, um, which was a rumor. Well, it's been a rumor a lot. It's since, still a um, rumor. It's an ongoing rumor. Right. It's an ongoing rumor even. But I don't believe it for a second because it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the experience that you have when you're looking at one of those things can be controlled in many ways. Like when I watch my TiVo, I'm watching the TiVo user interface. When I u- watch my Apple TV, I'm interacting with the Apple user interface. So I think they want to build set-top boxes. 
there's another part of the equation that we have to go into also. It's not just the interface that sucks, especially those smart TVs. You look at all these smart TVs out there, and based on what I'm hearing, of course, we asked Dan Frakes of Macworld, and he said he doesn't know any of his friends who use those interfaces because nobody bothers. You know, they add all those features. People turn on their set. They use their set-top box, cable or satellite box, or their gaming console or whatever. They don't worry about the crazy smart TV. If they do, they'll go to Apple TV or, or one of those. Or, sure. Or, uh... But here is the big thing about TVs, and that is all the wires, all the multi-devices. Now, Apple is not going to tell you don't buy the gaming console, don't buy the Blu-ray player, and maybe you still got to have a set-top box or an interface with your cable or satellite provider. Apple is not going to replace that. They may want to. They might want to offer more content, we understand. But what about, this is my phrase, the Apple TV digital hub, a smart way to manage all that junk. Well, I think that the Apple TV is already a pretty smart way to manage some of it. Some of it. I think the only way you're going to get Apple in the middle of this is if they can become an option, an additional cost option for cable and satellite TV providers. So instead of getting your generic set-top box from uh, Scientific Atlanta or whoever Comcast boxes come from, you'd get an Apple box, and you'd pay an extra 5 bucks a month, and you'd have access to all that Apple stuff on top of everything that Comcast or Time Warner offers you, and you'd have a user interface that would entice you to spend more money than you're spending now on a la carte purchases through your cable. Because, you know, as far as I can tell, most people don't buy very much stuff from their TV set. They might buy a paper, you know, a pay-per-view movie on something, but it, unlike other devices, they're not consuming content and buying it willy-nilly on a TV. And I think that it would be a cool option. Well, I'd you know, like this to- adds to it also. I agree with you. Maybe offer the local cable or satellite provider as something within the Apple interface, the Apple set-top box. So you buy the Apple set-top box separately, and you get a special app from your cable provider, or, and they give or, you the front end. But now, or like it's not TiVo, just that. You get a cable card, but the cable card solution's not without its own problems. There's channels I can't get. I can't do on-demand through my TiVo. Uh, you know, the whole thing is a mess. And if I could find one supplier that had all of the entertainment that i wanted i could get rid of three or four devices you don't have to have all separate devices because people will still have the blu-ray players and the gaming consoles what apple needs to do is integrate them if you're going to use all this stuff and there's no reason not to because they offer content and features you need find some way to do something beyond say the universal remote that Apple's Apple TV, whatever it is, whether you rent it from your cable provider or buy it separately, it manages all that stuff. It integrates all that stuff within one interface. It does yes, the switching awesome. for you. Are they doing that, do you think? I think it has to be done that way. It's the only way it makes sense because you can't have Apple be the replacement. It's not going to happen. They're not going to be able to make those content deals. I think they know that by now. They're not going to replace your Xbox. Even if you don't like Microsoft, if you like the Xbox and the games, 
you're not going to expect Apple TV to do it. So you have the Apple TV and you still have so the, the Xbox. The cur- but if the Apple TV is the hub of all that, it's got all the HDMI ports in back. It does the switching for you, the smart switching. You use Siri saying, let me play my games. And Siri says, yes, sir, here are your it's games. The right and the input game for your audio and your video. Yes, I, I could see that. And that, I think, some somewhere between that and a set-top box like a TiVo or the set-top box that comes from your cable operator is w- what I see happening. Something like that, but not a TV. No, a TV makes no sense because I don't think Apple could offer... I think the TV is a red herring sure. uh, rumor. It, it seems so unlikely that Apple wants to get into that particular segment of the business. Sure. It doesn't make sense because it's just too crowded. There are just too many sets out there. And now, for example, you go to any of your big box stores like Best Buy or Sam's Club or Costco. Fries. Walmart, any of them. You can buy a flat panel TV, a very good one. And they're all at least very good. Some are excellent. But you buy something from Panasonic and Sharp and... Vizio. Vizio makes very good stuff. I'm surprised. Then their stuff is always... Either the, the least or close to the least expensive in the category. The quality of a Vizio is always one or two steps above the price because they're smart yeah. about that. And they're still pushing really state-of-the-art technology. Vizio is playing with this 4K stuff, this higher-resolution TV and right. glassless 3D and stuff. they got all that stuff, and they're doing all that stuff over at the Consumer Electronics Show. But Apple doesn't have to build a TV set. There are too many options. Here's our option, Bob Dr. McLevitis on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? more important search no more we are the gcn radio network if you want to get your website online and you need reliable service first class service at the lowest possible price there's only one place to go well dreamhost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space unlimited bandwidth one click web apps such as wordpress 24 7 support you can save over 55 dollars you want to know how go to dreamhost.com slash radio dreamhost.com slash radio Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Is this the year you finally get serious about your family's drinking water? If so, keep listening for a special offer from Big Berkey Water Filters. Did you know that over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated? Berkey Water Filters distinguish themselves from many other filtration systems with the capability to significantly reduce dangerous chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, and disinfection byproducts from municipal water via the Black Berkey and PF line of filters. Then there's affordability. At only 1.7 cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify treated and untreated water, even stagnant pond water. Stop and think how much money you could save by simply 
reducing buying bottled water and using water filtered by your Berkey water filter. No need to be constantly replacing expensive filters with a Berkey. A single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. Choose the best size Berkey for your needs at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And right now, all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Just call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Free shipping on every order over $50. Big Berkey Water Filters. For the love of clean water. I have been asked to announce that federal judge Walter J. Skinner has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with a low-cost automotive accessory called Platinum 22, which meets or exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. To learn if Platinum 22 will give you 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS or 1-800-537-7427. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800 800- 686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health. Enjoy. Learn more about RNA drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com or call toll free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Bob Dr. Maclevitis, he is a trooper because he's suffering from some kind of cough and head cold, and he has not yet had his coughing fit. We're halfway through the interview. The coughing fit hasn't occurred, and that's really good. And we were talking first about the possibility of Apple introducing not a cheap iPhone, but a lower-cost entry-level iPhone. Still quite well-featured as a smartphone, but something above the junk out there. And then the question is, what is Apple going to do about the TV space? A TV set doesn't make sense, and Bob already talks about it, possibly an Apple TV being like a TiVo. It's a front end for your cable or satellite I took it one step further, saying it's the digital hub. It manages everything for you, smartly, intelligently, in their own user interface. So suddenly you're not going back 20, 30 years with your TV, and you're not asking people to throw out their TV set, to throw out their gaming console, throw out their Blu-ray player. Apple can't replace all that stuff. They can supplement it and deliver it to you in a way that makes it easy. I think so. I'm waiting. When do you think this will happen? 
Well, that's a good question. It depends on where Apple wants to go. If Apple wants to provide a front end for your cable or satellite provider, they have to make the deals with Time Warner and Comcast and AT&T and Verizon and all that stuff. And they have deals with a lot of these companies already. I mean, DirecTV, Dish Network, they already have apps for the App Store. So you already have deals with a lot of these companies. It's a question of saying, hey, all right, we're not going to take your customers away. I mean, maybe we will with the iTunes store. But, you know, we don't want to stop people from using your services if they want it. Let us present your stuff, your content with our interface. You make money. We make money. We're all happy. Isn't that nice? Of course, I'm not Eddie Q. I can't negotiate the way he can. <laughs> you know, he'll do it in a way that makes sense with the power of being Eddie Q. You know, of the course. smartest negotiator on the planet, I guess. I don't know. I've never negotiated with him, but I hear he does good work. He's not quite Steve Jobs. I think he's a more calm, presentable kind of guy. He's not in your face, I don't think. It doesn't matter if he gets the results done. Let's get back to our little universe here. You've written all these great dummies books for Mac and iOS and iPad and all that stuff. And doing the research for these books, Bob, you and the co-author you work with, like Ed Begg of USA Today, you come up with all sorts of incredible tips and things and secrets that we didn't know. We do? Are you sure? I don't know. That's what you tell me. No. It says, uh, well, I don't, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. I got a couple of cool things for you. I okay. got a couple of cool mountain lion things. The first one is... Did you know that there's now speech recognition built into your operating system? You can, like, talk instead of type anywhere that you type on your Mac. Did you know that? I you, did. You, Gene Steinberg. I knew it. You did. You sure. did. Okay. But I bet I, that I, listener you know out what? there in Iowa and in Australia, maybe you didn't know this. You could download no, so Mountain few, Lion so and you know didn't that. know. The Mountain Lion operating system has this great, not great, but adequate built-in dictation engine the problem is it's turned off by default so when you when you install mountain lion you don't know it's there and unless you enable it it lays dormant so you have to go to dictation and speech that's a system preference panel and turn it on and then you can set a key that you can press twice real quickly to turn on talk to uh text speak to speech to text yes so press the right command key twice or press the function key twice or the left command key or whatever key you want. And then you just, anywhere that you would type, you just click on the little microphone. And uh, no, you don't even have to click the little microphone. You just tap your key twice and start talking. And your words appear on the screen. It's a lot like uh, speech recognition on the iPhone or iPad. Not quite as Siri-like. It won't, you know, do things, but... Uh, for a quick email reply or uh, instant message, text message reply or something when your hands are full, it's certainly um, serviceable and free. You can't beat the price. It's free. All in the dictation and speech preference pane. You know, yep. I have it on, but you know, it's kind of funny. I have it on right now, and I use a shortcut, the right command key twice is the one I select. Right. They give you a whole bunch of options there, and you can right. customize it. I don't think I've ever used it. I don't either, and the reason I don't is I'm actually, when I need to dictate, I've been using the latest version of Dragon, which I'm about to review. So purposely, I'm not using Apple's built-in, but if my fingers are near my keyboard, 
there's no reason for me to dictate. You know, I don't really mind typing. I'm a good typist. I type fast. And, and so dictation is kind of like at the end of the day, if I want to put my feet back and make some notes without having to sit up at the keyboard, I use dictation. Maybe you sprained your hand and you don't want to type very much. You do it. Use dictation. Well, I'm trying to learn dictation as, as kind of a discipline just in case, you know, in case something does happen to hand, arm, or anything else. If I can't sit in my chair with my fingers over the keyboard for whatever reason, at least I won't be completely, you know, cut off from my computing or writing. Well, you have to do the writing. Okay, so we have the dictation feature, one of the really unsung heroes of Mountain Lion. It's actually, I understand, fairly accurate. I haven't really used it myself, but I understand it's pretty accurate. You don't have to train it. It's not like these higher-end systems like, for example, Dragon Dictate, you've got to train it. That's correct. You don't have to train it very much anymore. It's not like it used to be. It takes about maybe five or ten minutes. And it's mostly, I think, to tune it to the microphone that, is, that you're using rather than the person's voice. Okay, so basically when we're talking here about the fact it doesn't have to be trained to detect Gene Steinberg or Craig Crossman or Bob Levitis, it has to train itself to your microphone. Okay, Another feature for Mountain Lion that maybe we don't know about or we don't use the way it should be used. Okay, uh, Mountain Lion adds a new feature to your time machine that a lot of people don't know about, and that is that you can back up to more than one hard disk and have it managed by Mac OS rather than having to change the target disk manually when you feel like it. So you just um, go into your time machine system preference and add or remove backup disk. Add another disk, and when you uh, click OK, it'll say, do you want to replace your old backup disk, or do you want to add this? And you can add more than one. So I've got three now, and it does a round robin. Uh, the first backup is to a disk called, one disk is called the Clone Ranger. One disk- I owe silver. Forget it. That's not one. All right, folks, there's a method of my madness for saying that. It happens that they are making a brand-new Lone Ranger movie, which will come out later this year, and it's going to feature Johnny Depp as Tonto, but don't get me started about that. The time capsule, and one disc is called Amic Timishmunyam. It's time machine backwards. You see, that's what they used to do in the movies, the old days when they wanted to have aliens speaking. They would always speak backwards in a foreign language. Emit It almost sounds like Klingon. That is my uh, time machine volume that's called Time Machine Backwards. So there's three of them, and it'll back up once an hour to one, and then that one will go into the rotation. It'll do the other one, and then the third one, and then back to the first one again. And it'll just do this in perpetuity, so every third backup goes on each disc. And you can pull a disc out and replace it with a different disc, It really is a lot better way to use Time Machine because, as I've said before, and I say all the time, if you only have one backup and it's in the same room as your Mac, you might as well not have any. Any disaster kills all of them. I mean, if you get hit by a tornado or a hurricane or lightning or fire or theft or any of that kind of stuff, uh, and your backup and and your Mac are in the same room, chances are pretty good you don't have either anymore. So you really need two copies. One of them has to be in a separate location. So this makes it really easy to use Time Machine for that, although I still think maybe um, cloning your hard drive 
for an emergency might be a better thing to get off site than a time machine backup, but hard to say. Now, of course, neighbors, backups are the sort of things that we don't discuss enough on the Tech Night Owl Live. We should be discussing it a whole lot more. I'll get into more of the backup techniques with Bob Levitis coming up. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets. But fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $34.95. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV. The Burglar Deterrent. You land in Buenos Aires, then are shuttled to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa, it's Argentina. One-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more. All more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com. The big game hunting ranch. GoldenStagSafaris.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Bob, Dr. McLevitis joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Night Owl Live. We were talking about backup techniques. Bob has three drives, one of which is in another room, like a network storage device. So this way he can have three round-robin backups. Now, let me tell you my backup routine. In the other room, that's not even good enough. There should be one off-site. So there's one in the, in the safe deposit box at my bank that gets rotated with another one maybe once a month or every couple of months. So there, there's always a complete copy of everything on all the hard disks somewhere other than my house or office. Okay, I have three backups. Let me tell you how I do it. I have a time machine backup on one hard drive. I have a clone backup, and I'm using either SuperDuper or Carbon Copy Cloner, which is the one I'm using now. And that makes a clone, which is a virtual, complete duplicate of my hard drive. And I don't need to have any translation software. I just take that drive, plug it into another computer, and I've got all my stuff. The third backup is off-site through one of those online backup services. So it's always backing up the latest stuff, but over time, I have backups for all my files. It's all online. Have you ever restored from that? My son did. He said it wasn't that bad because he had to replace the hard drive on his computer. He lives in Spain, and he didn't have any other backup but the online backup, and it worked for him. I would think it would be, shall we say, time-consuming. Yeah, it is. It is. So, you know, the idea for me is there's two problems with losing data. One is getting yourself, you know, get it, not losing any of your files. That's the first thing, and that's what real backups and, and time machine are all about. But the second thing is not losing any time while your computer is down, and that's what a clone is for. So I like to keep both a backup of everything including media, and a clone of my boot disk off-site. That way, if something terrible happens, I can go to the bank vault, get that disk out, and go to any Mac in the world and, and be back to work with you know stuff that's mostly new. And I do use one of those online backup services, and that's kind of my fallback extra line of defense. So in a situation like that where all I had was a month-old backup, um, I could easily pick up the files I needed from the online backup service. But trying to do your whole you know, home folder, 300 gigabytes or something, 
Forget about it. I understand some because some of them offer a deal where they'll 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 actually air freight you a hard disk with your data, but it's not cheap. Well, that's one way. I'll tell you, we do that even with our websites. By the way, here I have two backups of every one of our sites and all the data. We have one at the data center. We have another drive on that server doing backups every night. And then we have an off-site backup in another state, which is run every night overnight to pick up the files. So we never lose more than a day's files, which is okay for us. That's how we keep our sites up to date because you can't have too many backups. Okay, we have a few minutes left. Give me, shall we say, an iOS tip for the iPad or the iPhone. And I definitely wanted to get this in before we end our visit with Bob, Dr. McLevitis, today, because he has so many great tips. Use Siri if you're not already. I I talk to people with iPhone 4Ss and 5s, and I say, you know, Siri got a lot better with with that latest iOS release. I think Siri improved, you know, pretty pretty much. Uh, what do you think? And they, oh, I never, I always forget to use that. And so I think if you're using a phone that's Siri capable and you haven't tried it lately, try it. Uh, I tried it for directions to get somewhere the other day, and it worked really well. And also for finding uh, a restaurant. You know, uh, uh, I was looking for, I think I was looking for a close-by Indian restaurant, and it, it Recommended a couple places that I'd been to that I knew were pretty good, really. So, Well, that's the one thing here is that Apple's Maps has gotten such a bad rap. I mean, some people consider it the worst or one of the worst tech failures in 2012. And I think it's nonsense. Yes, it was flawed, but they overlook all the flaws with Google Maps. Yes, that's true. There are, there are absolutely Google Map flaws. And it's nice that Google came out with their own uh, Maps app, so you can have both on your um, iPhone. And, in fact, there's your tip. Don't trust either of them. Cross-reference. Use both. There's no reason not to. They will exist side-by-side just fine. And so uh, you should download both. Well, you've got Apple's Maps, but now download a copy of the Google Maps app, and keep them side by side. That way you can always double check and make sure you're getting, you know, valid, good info, Info, right? Right. Now, I have to tell you something else here, too. After all these things about how wonderful Google Maps is, the first time I launched it to do a step-by-step navigation, it came up with a prompt saying, this is a beta. And it gave all the terms and conditions, accept it before you go on. And not a single other tech journalist mentioned that when they reviewed Google Maps for iOS, number one. It's a beta? It's a beta. That's what it said to I, me. I didn't review it, but I did discuss it in my column last week, and uh, I didn't say it was a beta. I didn't know it was a beta. What did you it do? Really well, I, it might have moved from that status, but the first no. time I did a turn-by-turn test on it, it said beta. you got to accept that before it goes on. Second thing is, have you noticed that the voice command feature totally, absolutely sucks on Google Maps? It's nowhere near as seamless or as descriptive oh, yes, as absolutely. Siri. Absolutely. Unfortunately, the Google Maps database of things like, you know, coffee stores or uh, Chinese restaurants seems to be better, even though uh, Apple's is supposed to be yelping, I, I think. Apple uses Yelp. 
Google uses Zagat because they own Zagat. Well, watch what you say. watch your language, sir. Uh, go watch your Zagat, ladies and gentlemen, because you might yell. <laughs> I think of well, the dog. We have six dogs in the neighboring residence. Not ourselves. Not the Steinberg family. We have no dogs. Not that I don't like dogs. We just right now don't have any. But. Our neighbors have six of them, and sometimes they have a debate while I'm doing this show, and it gets to be kind of crazy, even though we have fairly good sound reinforcement here, and we're able to filter out most of the extraneous sounds. And we have a microphone that's pretty highly directional, but when you get six dogs having an argument, there you go. All right, so one of the points here is that I think Apple got a really bad rap on Maps. I think it's gotten a whole lot better. And I don't think the reviewers have actually come back and given it its due. They're so busy saying, well, I, you know, you have because you're the exception. I never beat it up in the first place, though, because the the few times that I tried to use it for something like navigation, it was fine. You know, I never found a fault with it navigating me in Austin, Texas. But I could see some of the other things that people had talked about being a problem for them for me i think uh you know for the most part apple did a pretty darn good job listen over time it'll definitely get better i think we should look at maps for ios 7 this summer or fall and see where it goes tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you have www.boblevitas.com i would say would be your your best one-stop shopping resource for me and my stuff you know, that's almost a tongue twister, one-stop shopping source. Tell you that. So we'll say, do that. That, say that seven times fast. Backwards. You know, this way it could be like in a science fiction movie, ladies and gentlemen. You can find us, by the way, at TechNightOwl.com. We are also TechNightOwl on Twitter. TechNightOwl on Twitter. And we've got another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this weekend we'll be interviewing Raymond B. Palmer. And if you want to know who he is, look up his father, Raymond A. Palmer, pioneer science fiction writer, editor, writer on the occult. In fact, there's a comic book character called Atom, a DC Comics character whose real identity is Ray Palmer. Where do you think they got it from? That's the Paracast. Bob Levitas, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. As always, it's been my pleasure. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.